0: I have the ability to criticize and risk offending you because I view the world this way.
1: But you can't do that to me. So that's what I was saying with the hypocrisy in the first half of this podcast. Exactly. And it doesn't, it, it feels so volatile. Mm. It feels like you're walking on eggshells.
0: Welcome to the Lucas Scrobot Show. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Thank you so much for being with me on the show today and joining me on the show today. We actually have a live in-studio interview. We I haven't had an in-studio studio interview for, I don't know, probably at least a year and a half. And we actually have a truly special guest. I, I stray away on the show from saying, and today we have another special guest, because if every guest is special, then no guest is special. But I can honestly hand on the Bible, say that this is the most special guest that I ever had or ever will have on the show. And it is my wife, Rachel Scrobot. Rachel, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited that you've been here. We've been talking about doing stuff together, whether it's starting our own podcast on marriage and relationships or even having you on the show. A lot of listeners have voiced many times that, Lucas, we like you and all, but you're a doofus. Get your <laughs> wife on no. the show.
1: No. Yes, I've been waiting for the invitation, so I finally got one today. Well,
0: well, you are here, and you earned it in many ways. It's not just a handout, but you have found yourself in the middle of, of a somewhat of a a controversy Something that was super vanilla that kind of blew up into your face uh, with comments and bickering back and forth, gaslighting, the whole nine yards. It's from a post that you made on Instagram. But before we actually talk about the post, I think it's actually quite fascinating. The series of events that led up to you making this vanilla Instagram reel That apparently is super controversial in uh, 2021.
1: Yeah. And I think the funny thing about this is I, if, if any of you are familiar with Enneagram, I am a nine on the Enneagram, which we want peace, whether it's internal peace and external peace. And so oftentimes I shy away from any sort of controversial posting, sharing, because I have very probably deep fears that I'm going to get rejected, that people are going to lash out on me. But then I'm also a wing eight, which then brings out the side of me that says, I can't be silent anymore. Or I just want to say something about this because enough's enough. And so (laughs) that's kind of what happened yesterday. And um, it's been interesting to see.
0: Yeah, because you are that peacemaker. You are the I don't I mean, you never make political posts on your instagram you always are straying away from that but you are the person in your family which is probably your your wing eight for those of you who know enneagram uh, you're very contra contra confrontational mm. sometimes sometimes i feel like more than me i think like sometimes we have this reverse wrap when i get into like a confrontation i often feel i i kind of pull back from it. Sometimes I have a lot of like internal conflict, but when you get into a confrontation, you're like, no, forget this. Like I'm standing up for what I believe.
1: Right. Because it's, it's what happens is we keep the peace, keep the peace, even though we might have an opinion about it. We, we oftentimes will say my relationship with you is far too important for me to disturb this peace." So it's okay. I don't have to voice that. That's fine. But then there are some times that that comes out and we're very strong in our opinion. I think that's the common misconception about People with my type of personality, with the nine, you know, peacemaker is that, oh, we just go with the flow and everything's fine. And we really don't have an opinion on things. And maybe we don't, but then there are oftentimes we do, we're just, we care too much about this relationship to disturb that piece by saying something that might be completely opposite to what you feel or think about something.
0: So on your, your Instagram, you don't talk about political stuff, but what do you talk about? And, and it's important for the context of this story to understand, I think it's important to understand the context that you're talking in, what caused you to start talking out out about something in the place that we end up today?
1: Right. So I actually own my own business with a health and wellness company, Young Living. We sell essential oils, um, toxin-free living, talk about plant-based, non-harmful products, getting toxins out of the home. And in that, I coach a lot of women on how to live wholly, whether it's Just with the products you're using on your skin or around your home with, you know, what you clean with, but also how to live holy from a place of empowerment and to be powerful in your own life by making decisions, whether that goes from, you know, learning to place boundaries in your life around toxic people or learning to you know find your voice and use it to using toxin-free products in your home because all of that matters and we are powerful to make those decisions. And so I talk a lot about that, but then I also talk a lot about parenting and I talk about marriage. And so um, it's really important to me that it's kind of like, uh, it's as a whole, it's not just, you know, everything's separate. It all plays together in living wholly and holistically, body, soul, mind,
0: and spirit. But you decided to Kind of kick the hornet's nest, hornets' nest on, you know, a a very controversial (laughs) issue, which is I guess I did, which is the jab, (laughs) dun dun dun, the jab. What? But you weren't even kicking, you weren't even like stirring up, you weren't even saying something one way or another. You were kind of raising some questions of some things that people had been telling you in private, and
1: right and okay. So it's this whole topic of people getting the jab and. Let me be clear. I am on a journey of even deciding what, you know, is best for our family and what's not. And so, you know, maybe we'll get into this later. There has to be freedom for people's journey to discover what they feel about something. And a lot of that comes from being able to have freedom to think. Um, But... I think what happened was, is oftentimes it feels so far away. You see these people's comments from whether it's articles or maybe an influencer on Instagram, but um, it, it feels far removed and you, oh, that's interesting. But what had been happening is there was a lot of talk about people getting the jab or people just being around people with the jab who are having really strange symptoms having to do with their menstrual cycle. And that's really relevant because we talk a lot about our hormones. We talk a lot about our health you know, with my business and with my girls and I had had personal friends have the most wild experiences with the heaviest, peri- say the P word, periods, <laughs> sorry <laughs> men, <laughs> of their lives and people who haven't bled for years and all of a sudden they're bleeding because they got the jab or they're around people. And that was very interesting to me because I'm mom, I'm a woman. I have four kids. We want another kid. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, is this real? Because if it is, this is terrifying. And why is this real? What's happening? People talk to me like, tell me, tell me your testimonies. What's happening? You know?
0: Yeah. You, you, you told a story to me of someone that we know who is late, late sixties, almost 70. She hasn't, you know, she hit menopause probably decades ago and Two days after getting the jab, all of a sudden she had really heavy bleeding.
1: Unexplained in her mind, and of course, like naturally so, unexplained bleeding, that traced back to, oh, you just got the jab, so this is a, a this common is a symptom. symptom.
0: And and people have been reporting that even when they are around other people who have the jab, they're having strange things happen to their, their monthly cycles, and there actually is... You know, this has been widely reported in the news. And so once you told me, I started doing a little bit of digging because I'm like, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, for for those of you who are out there who are sure that we're saying that we uh, are anti-vaxxers, absolutely not. We actually our kids get vaccinated Mm -hmm. and we are just trying to make our own risk assessment when it comes to uh, this new jab that's out there. Absolutely. Yep. So, we did some poking around and found out that okay, well, when you get the jab, it can cause some inflammation or something that either stimulates or makes your body think that there's a spike in estrogen and that those hormones. It causes then inflammation, a,
1: inflammation in your body.
0: Inflammation. Right. And, and then, but it causes other people around you or causes your, your estrogen levels. I don't know the science.
1: Right. It's basically a, us women have a pheromone. It's a hormone. It's a pheromone that actually gets released from our armpit. <laughs> and it affects, if you're around other women, which I have been, who have more of a dominant, who have more of dominance in that estrogen hormone, it can affect your cycle. And so what we're seeing possibly is that the people who get the jab are experiencing a spike in in the estrogen, just as you said, and it's affecting, possibly affect why all these other women who haven't even gotten it, but are around people, whether in the workforce or, you know, family members and are experiencing these wild symptoms with their menstrual cycle.
0: And that is, is really interesting. And you're not seeing it from a, in this conversation, and it's important for the greater context, you're not making this statement of, see, this is evidence that the jab is bad and it's going to make us all infertile. You're more so asking, okay, is this something that is going to last for two or three months and then your body regulates and everything is hunky-dory and fine? Or is this going to have lasting reproductive health effects into the future? Absolutely. And you were just raising that question, not from a place of, I'm trying to sow some seeds of doubt and, you know, make the jab sound bad or give some sort of medical advice. It's more like, this is interesting. No,
1: because I, I, total transparent moment, I don't know enough to be able to to state an argument on one side or the other. I want to have a conversation because I value seeing both sides of people's st- stories, convictions, thoughts, ideas. It's very interesting to me and I want to be able to make my conclusion from seeing both sides of those. So I had also shared on my stories, talk to me. You know, I think that mm. that's what's interesting is that these are testimonials and it's almost as if people are, questioning people's own personal experiences, which is mind-blowing to me. It's like you cannot question someone else's actual personal experience as they're like, what is going on with my body? I've never experienced this in my life. And I think that's where it kind of hit me and why I shared about it is because it was no longer an influencer on Instagram far off sharing about how this is possible or maybe someone else's testimony. I had actual friends sharing, this is happening to me too. And even after posting had dozens of women Saying, oh my goodness, this exact scenario, whether it's my period is super late, super, I mean, whatever, fill in the blank. And you can't deny someone's own personal experience or someone's personal testimony because they're wondering what's going on.
0: Right. And and you weren't even in that. So it's like, okay, there's this antidotal evidence, and we can't, and you're not denying the antidotal evidence, but we also can't then make the extrapolation to say, this antidotal evidence is an evidence of everything that's happening with the hundred million jabs or however many have been given to date and the different vaccines. So I think it is important to differentiate between this is antidotal, but that doesn't mean the entire system or it doesn't mean the entire, uh, jab is, you know, out to kill you. But in you related to me and this this ties back to what we've been talking about on the show. If, if you're wondering, well, where is this tying in with what we talk about here with being gaslit by progressive media? And even what we've been talking about in this this past couple of episodes of how the media has begun to it, radicalize people on social media where it's uh, I'm coming to this place to, 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 and thinking that social media, it's not even real. The interactions that we're having there, they're not even real. I, you know, coming more and more around to the viewpoint that everyone putting their minds into the vat of Instagram or Twitter and mushing our ideas up and getting all these idea contagions could actually really be damaging to society. We don't know the effects of that. So this is what we've been talking about on the show. And it it relates to this next point because you have been saying you related to me how many people messaged you and say, said, I can't believe you're talking about this. I only wish I had the courage. Or mm-hmm. people were, were saying, I can't let my friends know that my kids aren't getting this vaccine. Otherwise, I'd be canceled and wouldn't be able to play, play dates. Play dates. <laughs> or even families saying, because you're not getting yep. this specific vax, mm-hmm. you're uninvited to Christmas and Thanksgiving.
1: And it breaks my heart. Like, I, I actually can't believe that this is real. And I feel it, like, yeah, personally sharing, I only wish that I could speak out against this. But my family's already so mad at me that I haven't vaccinated, gotten the jab. We're not talking about other vaccines. We're talking specifically, obviously, about
0: the, the, Rona. the, Rona. the Rona jab.
1: Um, and because of that, they're uninvited to family functions. They're not able to come around, you know, their family and um, experiencing alienation um from their family which is i feel very heartbreaking mm. just heartbreaking
0: but it 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 signifies this toxicity that we are in as culture as a whole there's this toxicity where it's if you if you do not follow my party line not necessarily like political party but if you are you if you're not in lockstep with what i think then and we disagree on important issues because these are important issues. Then maybe we're just going to have to totally have a break in relationship, which caused you to create a very innocent <laughs> reel. Right. And, and this reel was it was a, what from uh, Frozen. What, how does it go? The, yeah,
1: Olaf. Olaf, did Elsa build you? Yeah, why? <laughs> and then she goes on asking him questions. And he says, yeah, why? To at least four different questions. Um, And in the real, just basically answering what the common question is. So you can disagree with someone and still be their friend. Right. And I answer, yeah, why (laughs) Uh, you're not offended by their different, you know, opinion or thoughts. Yeah. Why? Um, And then there's a moment in there where,
0: was Sven. Sven
1: comes in and Olaf said, slaps him in the face and says, stop it, Sven, trying to focus here. (laughs) And I put up there, you know, that being the cancel culture.
0: Yeah. Come in with saying
1: like, well, I'm canceling you because you don't think the way I think and you don't, you know, see things the way that I see them. So boom, you're gone. And I'm like, no, slap you out of here. I'm trying to focus on saying like, I love people, whether they agree with me or don't agree with me or whether we see differently or have a different conviction as each other.
0: Yeah. Cancel cancel culture. Um,
1: cancel cancel culture. I mean, that is it like
0: <laughs> it is like so vanilla. It's like you know what, guys.
1: And it's lighthearted, yeah. Right,
0: lighthearted. Mm-hmm. You're not coming down hard on people. You're not like trying to make this really political. You didn't. You didn't even tie it to any sort of like political no. or ideological statement. It was more just just saying like we can disagree on really important mm-hmm. topics and we can still maintain healthy relationships. Right. It seems like super vanilla. It doesn't even seem political, but what began happening in your comment section probably about seven seconds after you posted? It.
1: I was pretty shocked by it because all of a sudden I started getting comments about it, tying this post to racism. Right. And tying this post to harming people. Mm-hmm. I'm not laughing at racism or harming people, let's be clear, but it's, it's pretty mind-blowing to me that that is what got communicated mm. or that's what people made it about because um, that wasn't said at all, not even, not even close.
0: Right. And I could, you know, in their defense, I could kind of see like, okay, well, oftentimes in society today, when we talk about cancel culture, mm-hmm. it's normally in reference especially with what has happened in 2020, it's normally tied to or in reference to uh, something that people are calling racist or Mm -hmm. something that people are calling harmful or bigoted. So I could, I can understand how they're making the leap to go there, but you weren't saying, Hey, you know, you're, you're racist, white supremacist or, you know, whatever color supremacist friend who is always posting, racist things and is egging your house, you know, you need to have them in your life. You're just saying, if we disagree on important things, we should still maintain relationship.
1: Right. Because how can you then give someone the freedom to come to their own conclusion or to see your side or to be able to change their mind if you're not willing to talk to them about it? Or I think- So often I see people come into conversation and they're not even willing to go past the point of you disagreeing with me because they don't like that feeling. Mm. They do not like being disagreed with. (laughs) They do not like possibly being wrong. Mm. And that's what I'm after is I, I have seen time and time again where people are like, this conversation's over and you're like, well, we haven't even begun. It just stopped when they realize you think differently than I do, or maybe you see things differently than I do, but how is that person going to have even have the opportunity to think differently or to come to maybe come to your side? Or then we have to ask ourselves, what is our point in coming to this conversation? Is it for me to persuade you to think the way that I think, or is it to say, okay, that's fine that we disagree. I, yeah, I disagree with you, but I can still love you as a person because people have equated disagreement or agreement with I love you or I don't love you Mm. or yeah with love and hate and I think that there's it is there's a very there is a big difference between those two yeah
0: and it's it's in that cancel culture they're trying to it's an attempt to expunge and and kick out ideas from from around you to protect yourself to safeguard yourself from ideas that maybe are seem harmful or dangerous um and and shutting that train of thought down but even goes back to the backstory of what caused you to post which which was hey i I, i'm not saying one way or another Mm -hmm. i'm saying this is interesting and this is worth thinking about this is worth processing through and right now in in media as a whole it's become so polarized And, and and there's good reason for the polarization of media because it sells if there's conflict, mm-hmm. conflict and polarization sells clicks and sells eyeballs, which then drives the algorithm, it drives media and it even fuels people's you know internal dopamine hits and desires to have some sort of connection and conflict in a world where we're devoid of connection sure. um but but with with what people were posting when i read through some of the comments you were showing me there were a couple comments that were repeating some of the same things it was it was uh, there's a difference between being racist and having a difference of opinion but right now in culture racism has been redefined where racism isn't that i hate someone of a particular color skin and i'm Uh, actively choosing to be, or even passively choosing to be bigoted or discriminatory against a specific person and that we should, you know, judge each other by the, the conduct of our character and what's inside of us rather than, you know, how we look on the outside. That was classically how we looked at racism, but now it's, you know, systematic racism. It's everything is racism. It's you, you are racist no matter what. And so you have to be anti-racist and therefore you actually have to embrace uh, reverse discrimination because the entire world is viewed through this lens of power. And so there's been a change and this is an important definition and clarification to make because there's been a change in the way that we're talking about quote unquote racism. And so when people are bringing it up in your post, they're saying, okay, yeah, but if someone is racist Based on the way that I define racism and based on the way that I think racism should happen, then it's not a difference of opinion. And I, I therefore have the right to cancel them. Is that right? Is that like the, the engagement that you were having?
1: Yes. I feel like it was, um, well, not, not even, I feel I, I, there is specific comments that were made on, we can disagree or agree that, you know, on whether we love cats or dogs. But we can't disagree on deeper issues or else I will block you Mm. or you can translate that however you want. Block them on Instagram, Facebook, social media, or block you from my life because there are, there are things that we can agree on and there's things that we can not agree on, but you know, no, this isn't cancel culture. How is that not cancel culture?
0: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely cancel culture. And it's interesting too, that it's, it's okay. We can disagree on things that don't matter. But we have to agree on things that do matter, which is which is people are getting canceled or, you know, as people would say, being held accountable over things that do matter. But how does cutting someone out of your life and canceling them and, and blocking them, how does that enable one, you, to possibly be able to see a blind spot? Mm-hmm. And how would that actually cause them to be able to come around? and And we were talking about this earlier. Who defines – who defines what someone's opinion is or what racism is or isn't? Who defines when – what qualifies as, well, this is extreme enough for me to cancel this person if they agree with something? Right, and
1: that's where I feel like it's become so blurry that I could post something about, like, everyone screaming from the rooftop, we just need more love in the world, we just need more kindness, But then anytime that someone might have the courage to share an opinion or maybe even not be sure about which opinion they have, but to say, hey, can I, is this space safe? Like, can I actually share what I'm thinking about and actually have your guys' help to draw a conclusion? It's almost as if like you share something and people are just waiting at the door to jump down your throat and say, well, you're racist. Mm. I can't believe that you, you know, this is all about, this is all about racism, that you would post this. And there's a difference and, you know, kind of put you in your place and say that, yeah, we can agree on some small things, but we can't agree on – like we can't see differently when it comes to bigger things. And that's – I feel like it becomes more scary for people to to feel like they can speak out and just even discover where – what they think. And, yeah, because it just – Makes me want to be more silent and be like, oh, I don't, I don't really know that I want to speak out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you use the phrase "safe space," because the way that safe space is really defined is kind of like the way that you said it: it's a space where you can come, you can have your ideas. There's freedom to be tolerant. There's freedom to disagree. But when you came in with the post that was very neutral, it was perceived. Maybe it wasn't I don't know if it was perceived this way, but a lot of people came across with saying, yeah but we need to be intolerant and so it's it's when you come with an idea that challenges the status quo of the quote unquote safe space, thereby you bringing a dangerous idea into that the way that uh the way that society currently by and large uh, at least a large Swath of society is responding is by saying, Yeah, but you can't, we can't disagree on this. Mm -hmm. And if we do disagree on this, if we do disagree, not necessarily on moral, ethical, kind of foundational things, but political movements, if we disagree on some of these political movements, then you're out.
1: Right. And my question then is, How is that solving anything? How is that solving your problem by just saying, Peace out.
0: So you had a, a comment uh, on your on your feed that was ta- one girl said that, well, oh, this has escalated quickly. And you <laughs> asked her, and I really love what she said because it was just like so sharp and to the point. You asked her, like, well, what do you mean that by this escalated quickly? What did she say?
1: So she said, I was just following some of the comment threads. I guess some people think cancel culture is not okay unless you don't believe in that. In this one particular v- viewpoint that I have, then I will cancel you and call you racist i don 't know good on you for calling it out
0: <laughs> and that's so true it's it's the people who then can say well i'm going to re- i 'm going to redefine this with a convenient term for me to then be able to cancel and cut you out of my life that's a dangerous thing and what you were saying and what I think a lot of people have been saying is this is a Totally cutting someone out of your life as a completely toxic behavior. and it I agree I agree that isn't it's what I'm about to say is an oversimplification. But largely, those who are on the conservative right, those who and and on the right side, those who you know classically are on the right, they view people as individuals. They see individuals. They don't see groups or whole groups of people. They're going to see – I see Rachel. I don't see the group that Rachel is associated with. Mm-hmm. I see Lucas. I don't necessarily see the the group that Lucas is associated with. So we see individuals, mm-hmm. whereas on the left, classically, it is grouping peop- people together and saying we need to control groups for the, for the betterment of the dispossessed. And there, there really are truly dispossessed people. Uh, we were talking just the other day. How if you have an IQ under eighty three, you you really can't even get a job as a, as a clerk at a grocery store. So there truly are groups of dispossessed people that we need to be able to solve problems to help these groups of dispossessed people, which is what the left does do so well.
1: But okay, okay but. When they group me together with yeah. a group of people, it is highly offensive to me.
0: Well, so did you get grouped together in a group of people? That's exactly how I felt. Well, what, I think there was actually a comment where someone said on, on your page, someone was trolling you. They said, I've never seen they, – they said, quote, I've never seen anything that you've posted before, but from the moment that I saw you talk, I knew that you were a right-winged nationalist. <laughs> right? But <laughs> – yeah
1: that's it's just it's it's shocking to me
0: but it's also it's also not surprising it's also what he said was very true in that typically people who are on the right who see people as individuals they are going to say hey we shouldn't cancel people but people who are on the progressive woke left they're employing this cancel culture. They're trying to shut down in silence swaths of people who aren't following their party line.
1: Absolutely. And it goes back to, like you said in the beginning, not seeing people as individuals, which just makes so much sense as to the the issues that are arising and the issues that I have with the left.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs>
1: not seeing a life as a life.
0: Right. And it's it's – we've been talking a lot about how illogical this whole argument <laughs> is, that these arguments that have been made. It's, you know, if someone is racist, let's say there's a, a truly racist person. Well, then and, – and racism, but at the root of it, it's hate, right? At the root of it is disgust. At, at the root of it is wanting to push an idea away from – your community, whether that idea is the idea of the color of someone's skin or an, a political or religious idea, uh, whatever is offensive, and so that's like a, a, a very simplified definition of classical racism—not the you know systematic, you know, if you're white, you're racist just because you're white, but just classically what the, the root feelings and drivers of racism is. Well. By very definition, then, if you're saying I have the right to cancel you because you want to cancel someone else, then doesn't that make you the very thing that you're canceling? <laughs> like, doesn't that put you in like this? This It puts me in this like crazy, crazy loop. But to, to bring it back home to, you know, maybe a place that we can walk away. There is an, another comment that that someone wrote on your post, and I'd like you to read it. it and it was making the the defi- the the definition, the, the difference between racism and setting boundaries. Because a lot of people are saying, well, I need to set these boundaries in my life. And because of that, I'm going to cut people out.
1: Yeah. So she said, I try to do this and I try to respect others regardless of if I agree with them or not. But I must admit that I have blocked others because they have not been respectful of me or my feelings. I am happy and encouraged to have conversations and learn, but when someone is prideful, hateful, disrespectful, and name-calling, I draw the line. Good for you. That's what I have to say to her. This is toxic behavior. Absolutely. Guarding my heart and emotions is a bigger priority. Yes, love people where they're at, but do not dismiss unhealthy boundaries. Mm. Or do not dismiss healthy boundaries.
0: How, can you unpack that statement for me? Like, how do you view the difference between... Uh, canceling someone and setting up healthy boundaries in your life. Where is, where is that difference coming?
1: Well, there's a difference when someone is trolling you, when someone won't respect your boundary of name calling, disrespecting you and inserting themselves in your life where you've asked, actually drawn a line and said, actually, you can't go past this line. Like this is where this is me. Mm. This is where I end. And this is where you begin. And I'm an individual. You're an individual. I'm responsible for me and to you. So because of that, I'm not allowing you to speak to me this way. I'm not allowing you to treat me this way. I'm not allowing you to you know, fill in the blank with, with whatever toxic behavior you want to, to put in there. But the idea of that is that you would establish healthy boundaries in your life so that you are able to say what you are okay with and what you're not okay with, with the intention of being able to re-engage with that person, hopefully, because the bottom line is you have to have two willing parties. You have to have both sides being willing to say, I'm willing to respect you and your boundaries and I'm not going to do what you ask me not to do. And mm. if they're not willing to, then yes, you probably have to prolong that. Um, maybe, you know, cutting off of that relationship until they're willing to also reengage in the way that you're willing, you're, that you're asking them to. Um, but I feel like, and I don't know, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, you know, and going into something that you are not ready for yet, but I feel like people will say, well, I have to put a boundary in my life and I, I don't have to forgive that person and I'm just cutting them off indefinitely because I have to do what's best for me. Mm. And this comes from someone who had to make some really hard decisions in her life, my life, in cutting off relationship with people that I love dearly for a time so that I could become my healthiest self and to find out who I was as an individual and to actually you know, create boundaries in my life. So I don't say this from like a, my life is great and I've never had to do this. I've had to do it. And our therapist shared like, Rachel, there will come a time where you're going to have to re-engage with those people. And I'm like, what? You know, everything inside of me wants to say, no, I want them out of my life for good because it's easier. Not because you don't love them, but it's because it's easier because it's easier not to feel pain. It's easier not to engage with, you know, the differences that you two might have. Um, but once you, s- boundaries are actually, supposed to be put in place so that you can become more of a loving person, so
0: mm-hmm. that you can
1: become more of a confident, powerful person in your life by discovering what you are okay with and what you're not okay with. Um, it's never meant to completely cut off those people. Now, I know that there are some instances where that has to happen, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. There are some unique situations, but.
0: Wouldn't the argument, you know, the argument on the other side would be, well, if you know if if someone supports what I would consider racist ideas, well, that would be a case that I should just cut them out of my life. Well, isn't that the argument that the other side is making? Is that well, you know, someone who's supporting supporting ideas that I deem racist, well, that is the the situation where yeah, I should just I should just cut the them out. I should just cancel them.
1: Well, I mean, I think that goes back to, as you've said, racism has been redefined. And so who in the world can even sit and say what exactly racism is anymore? Hmm. I've been labeled apparently just by my skin color. I'm racist, right?
0: Yeah. And you've been, you've had people straight up, you know, ghost you, cancel you, yep. block you. Because, because of,
1: sorry, go ahead. No, because of what I didn't say because of, my silence apparently being my violence or my guilt, right?
0: Yeah, because you didn't po- you didn't post a, a black square, exactly. You, you didn't post a black square, and and probably a lot of it had to do with just your association with me. It's again instead of looking at probably. someone as an individual, <laughs> it was your association with me. And you know, I, I've been very vocal on the capital BLM, the the, the organization, the the openly marxist organization that seeks to undermine family that seeks to to undermine uh normative uh, Christian judeo values in America that seeks to to undermine uh, yeah the, the very fabric of America that seeks to undermine capitalism so that was largely what i was speaking against but of course it's conflated with the lowercase black lives matter. And I think both you and I would have no problem saying lowercase black lives matter. All black lives matter. Of course. But then when it's pushed on you with guilt and manipulation and canceling because you're not adhering to a, a political organization that goes against the tenets of your faith with a, a total skewing of true justice, then, then the question is, is that someone setting up a boundary or is that just totally canceling someone? It's canceling someone. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is why people are so afraid. I mean, how many people, babe, message you saying like, I, I'm so afraid to speak up. Like, I would never say things like this.
1: Yeah, I had quite a few thank me for speaking up because they feel that they've already been alienated enough from their family or their friends or, you know, people that are close to them and that they wish that they could speak up more on this Mm. topic. Um, And I'm just, it really, I think I just really am so saddened. I'm really sad that this is where we are. And that there is no clear definition of what – it's almost like you don't know what's going to trigger what when you say something. You know, I had – like I, I think even speaking on what I spoke on yesterday about like let's love each other in our differences of opinion. Let's love each other and like seek to understand. And that it got turned into basically being told that I'm racist and that my silence is my guilt. And it just feels so personal because I know – that those people know nothing about me and I'm being labeled as something that I'm not. And that fires me up that people get labeled. It's just, it's so small minded and it's manipulative Mm. to be labeled as something that you're not. And to be grouped together with, you know, whether it's because of the color of your skin or because you just chose not to speak out against, against something. And it's just, that makes no sense to me. Makes zero sense to me.
0: And it really, it, it goes back to it really is a function, and again, it might be an oversimplification, but it really is a function of the progressive left, which is which has departed from reason. They've departed from okay, let's grapple with reason. Let's like think logically. They've adopted postmodernism that says there really there is no objective reality. There is no objective truth. Uh, it's all just based on my opinion and how I perceive the world. And can we really even know how we perceive the world? And so it, it, it skews everything so that, well, if you are, if you are on the right, if you are holding on to some normative values and some, some classical ideas, well, then you must be fill in the blank and therefore that's that's a danger to to society, and you know in the what you've voiced and even in the conversation that I've seen taking place on your Instagram, it it really is bound, boundaries really are designed to put us into relationship. Mm-hmm. Boundaries really are designed to say, I I don't like when you treat me in this way. But he, here's the wall, but here's the gate. We we can come in and engage in this gate. Mm-hmm. And so if you're coming at me violently through the gate and personally attacking me or personally leveling things, well, that's one thing. That's not, that's not cancel culture. But that's just saying we can't interact personally in this relationship. But cancel culture has moved beyond healthy boundaries. And it's to... If you said something or posted something that offended me Mm -hmm. based on my own criteriums, then I have the right to turn that off and just cut you out of my life in hopes that it it harms you and teaches you a lesson.
1: But is it? Does it?
0: That's the question.
1: It feels hypocritical to me.
0: Why does it feel hypocritical?
1: I feel like with my limited knowledge of, you know, all the, all the articles that are being put out, all the things that are being said, it's, I feel like just with everything we've talked about on this podcast so far, it's they're expecting one thing, but then they're acting in that. Mm. Maybe I don't have the exact wording to explain it the way that I'm thinking about it.
0: It's like, it's like, I think what you're talking about is like uh, the hypocrisy of maybe the word tolerance. It's like, let's have a tolerant society. But then when someone stands up and like, great, yeah, let's have a tolerant society. I actually think that everyone else is wrong. Instead of them being tolerant of that person or that group of people or that ideology, it's saying, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Your intolerant idea can't be tolerated tolerated in this group, and therefore we need to exclude your idea, which is it's just as it's just as intolerant as the other group and so with within that that hypocrisy is this thing of let's all love each other and have kindness and have tolerance and then when someone s- stands up and says, "I see the world differently than you, we say. Nope, that's intolerance, and therefore we need to be intolerant right. Of
1: it. There's not even an an allowance for a conversation at that point. You get slapped you know a label gets slapped on you, and then that's it mm. and i just I don't see how that solves anything
0: It doesn't solve anything it's if we're scary. not if we're not able to sit down at the table and talk to one another and come away still having disagreements on big topics, big issues then we are going to become more radicalized and more divided time and time again you Rachel you posted something that was so vanilla just like the other day i took a very middle of the road post on the conflict between israel and palestine or specifically i was taking a stance on it between israel and hamas I took a very middle of the road approach and a lot of people were upset and and that's what i think is really telling of the climate that we live in. We we have one more quick segment. Don't go away. We'll be right back with our Weaver and Loom segment. But if you found this conversation helpful, if you find that right now in your life, you're afraid to speak up, if you're afraid to, to have hard conversations, if you're afraid to voice your opinion around you, have this conversation, share this episode with your friends, with your colleagues, maybe some, the ones and twos that you do know who agree with you, who you do feel like you can have a conversation with, because that will help you get better language, even between the difference between cancel culture and having healthy boundaries. And it might give your friends and your your community better language to be able to deal with radical ideas within your community. And so share this with a friend. And if you get value from the show, from this podcast, you can go and give the value that you got out of this back to me as an independent podcast creator by visiting uh, my website at lucasrobot, L-U-C-A-S-S-K-robot.com. And of course, go and visit my wife's Instagram page. Follow her, follow her, follow her, over there on Instagram for all your health and wellness tips. Now, for our Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can weave our destiny and own our future. Today's quote is a clip that actually Rachel sent me from the one and only Dr. Jordan Peterson on the fact that in order for us to think, we have to risk being offended. Here is one of the most famous uh, clips by Dr. Jordan Peterson.
1: Freedom of speech in that. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's right not to be offended?
0: Because... In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You know, like you're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable. Well, I'm, I'm very glad I put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I'm very glad po- that I have no, no, but you get my, my point. Eh? You get my point. It's like you're you're doing what you should do, which is digging a bit to see what the hell's going on. So and that is what you should do. But ad- you're exercising to- your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me, and that's fine. I think more power to you, as far as I'm concerned. So you haven't sat there, and I'm just trying. I'm just trying to work that out. I mean, ha, gotcha.
1: You have got me. You have got me. I'm trying to work that through time. my head. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. It took a while. It did. It
0: did. Yeah. It took a
1: while. You have.
0: Yeah. And that's that's exactly what Rachel and I have been talking about in that in order for us to think, we have to be able to disagree. In order for if if we want to have freedom of thought, if we want to be able to grapple towards the truth, then we have to have the ability to be able to say something. And if we're saying anything meaningful about anything, we're going to offend people. I want to ask you, Rachel. And and normally in our weaver and loom segments it's it's just me, but this is a special episode cuz you're actually a special guest. Wow. Did how when when people were pushing back at you how did you feel? How did their disagreement with you, how did that make you feel? Were you feeling in some ways offended? Some ways assaulted, affronted?
1: Not because they might have disagreed with me. In the conversation that I was being grouped in and labeled as this obtuse thing that I feel has become, you know, this redefinition of racism, this redefinition of all of a sudden it's going from let's love each other better by just holding space for people to disagree to having a topic of so you agree with harming people innocent people. Yeah, because
0: people actually said that. You, right.
1: In, in the you comments, you can all people. go see for yourself. And that's, I think that's where I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where in anything that I said, did that, did that get said? And making it a, it's almost like using what people say and twisting it to fit their narrative of basically we're the victim. Mm. <laughs> we're the victim. And anything that you say is coming from a place of privilege, and you just don't know? And how in the world can I actually see someone's point of view, hurt, and pain if all of a sudden they just are intolerant of, of me just because of what they've categorized me as? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And so would you say that it's offensive to you that they're categorizing you in that manner? It is. And so- and this is exactly what Peterson was pointing to. It's the people who are disagreeing with you. It's not, it's not that you have a problem with disagreeing. You're like, I'm glad the whole point was let's have disagreement, but it was within that it's, you're saying, well, even within their disagreement, I can feel this. No one was, you know, attacking you. No one was except for one person was a couple of people did, but, uh, but it wasn't this, maybe i'll phrase it this way you're you're okay with people disagreeing and and seeing things from another side but even within the disagreement there is a there's an ability that they are risking offending you they're risking right. by saying hey this is how i view the world and we're not saying that they can't view the world that way but it's the The self-contradictory statement of of by them saying, I have the ability to criticize and risk offending you because I view the world this way.
1: But you can't do that to me. So that's what I was saying with the hypocrisy in the first half of this podcast.
0: Exactly. And
1: it doesn't, it it feels so volatile. Mm. It feels like you're walking on eggshells. And it makes me sad because I, I don't. I don't want to be shut down for one. It's hard for people to speak up. I I don't know that you realize this, listeners, but there are other people who like have a very hard time feeling like they can actually speak up about what they care about or even like again, I know I keep visiting this, but being able to discover what is it that I actually think about? Like what is my opinion on this? Sometimes we we need space to discover that. And when you jump in and all of a sudden label people as
0: Whatever the label is. Whatever
1: it is, then it doesn't give them space to discover that maybe they're wrong or maybe maybe they do think similarly to you or maybe they don't. And is that okay? Are we going to still be okay? And I would just challenge you to hold space for people and have that freedom to disagree and still say, I can love you as a person because what is love? Mm. What is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not self-seeking. It's not selfish. Mm. It, it's, it suffers long. And so we, we and I have so many people in my life that have decided, well, if you don't agree with me, if you think things different than me, then you don't, you must not know me. You must, you must not love me. And that, that saddens me. And it also blows my mind because that is two very separate things that we would be able to say, I think differently than you, Lucas. Lucas, how much do we disagree on certain things?
0: Well, only on the <laughs> things that I'm right about.
1: <laughs> but yet we're saying, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. So it's okay. I'm going to hold that space. We can disagree, but we can, and, and we can still meet in the middle and say, I still love you.
0: And we learned how to have boundaries within mm-hmm. our disagreement, mm-hmm. how, to, how to interact healthily within our disagreement
1: but people don't want to go through that discomfort. Mm. People don't like that discomfort. They would rather just cut you off and say, and again, I'm not talking about abusive, toxic relationships where the other party is not willing to engage in a loving way to meet those boundaries and to say, yes, I can adjust my behavior. Because if someone's not willing to on the other side, then yeah, there's not much you can do. There really isn't. So that is something I want to make sure that that gets across. Because I know that there's going to be people who come in defense. Of course. Of course. Of course. But, but, you're,
0: but you're talking about the hypocrisy in the measure that we judge, we will be judged. And so in the measure, and that goes f- for us too, which is the whole point with, of your post is like, okay, well, people disagree with you and I, people disagree mm-hmm. with the way that we view people as individuals mm-hmm. and you're okay to disagree with that. We're not saying that you have to agree with us because that would be just as hypocritical. But Within our ability to say we can disagree, we're also saying we can actually have conversations and disagree with one another. and when and that's where kind of the hypocrisy comes in and this double this double standard or this judging in a way that you'll be judged, in the conversations that we saw to rehash this. It's people saying, well, I can judge people one way. I can be I can choose when to be intolerant." of their intolerance but they can't be intolerant of me and then yeah. going back to the the love bit it's like what what credit is it to you or i if we only love people who think the way that we do
1: that yeah it's might feel good but it's <laughs> it's not developing you as a person it's not building endurance character and I feel like all of us want that. We want to grow as humans, hopefully. Mm. Right. And that's where the piece of people come in with make you question reality where the gaslighting comes in, where it's like, well, you can't do that, but I can. And I can be offensive in how I'm basically very straightforwardly labeling you, but you better not say anything that would offend me back.
0: <laughs> right. Which that that is that that doubles that the hypocrisy. The the judging as you'll be judged that at least that we see on on the right side of things and like, well, well, don't you see that the way that you're treating groups of people and people? It's it's the very way that you're saying don't don't treat people. And so I think that's where Mm -hmm. I at least feel a lot of that gaslighting of like questioning my reality and feeling like I'm spinning in this 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 self-contradictory circle. Right. And then, and then the final, the final takeaway would be the way that you and I, you and I, and you as the listener can combat this is by walking in the opposite spirit mm-hmm. by when people are canceling you, when people are labeling you in, instead of canceling and labeling back, we, we have to be people who love our enemies we have to be people who bless those who think differently than us and want to cancel us and are violent against us and want to persecute us. the The solution to this is not to fight fire with fire. Mm. We have to fight illogical arguments with logic and irrational arguments with rationality to the the ability that we can that we can that we, we we did here today on the show as best as we could, but. When it comes down to the relationships that we have around us, the people that we're connected to, we have to love in a sacrificial way.
1: Right. And it goes back to you are responsible for you. And what does that mean? You're responsible for your response, your Hmm. reaction, how you treat people in disagreement. You're responsible for your own heart to keep your heart free from offense and bitterness and unforgiveness. And why do we forgive people? Like love, you know, it says in the holy books, in, in the New Testament, love keeps no record of wrong. And if we really want to be people who love and we, we need some sort of like <laughs> blueprint for what that looks like, well, just forgive for your own sake, mm. for your own heart. Because I always say I forgive you because in some ways I'm being selfish because I don't want to be a bitter crusty person who looks at the world through the lenses of everyone's out to get me and everyone's out to ridicule me. And I mean, that's such a terrible way to live. And we talked about this earlier. It's such a terrible way to live. And it makes me, it makes me want to be the opposite end of like trying to see the best in people and trying to hear their side and to accept them for who they are, even if it's different than me. Like we have to be those people. We have to. And only we can be. Only we can make that choice. You can. I cannot change you, Lucas. I cannot change anyone in this world. I can't, and it's infuriating. Sometimes you're like, "Well, if they would only do this, then they, you know, then I know that it would be better." But you can't, and only you can only be responsible for how you're going to respond, for what you decide, for your thought life, for the way that you like what you say to people and what you don't say to people. It's just if we would all just like really grasp hold of that to be responsible for ourselves. And I mean, it would really help us like alleviate some weight
0: that we carry. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, we, you know, we talk about, we talk about this and we talk about this here on the show all the time. It's those domains of society. First and foremost, we have to take care of ourselves. We Mm -hmm. have to have our walls of self-discipline around us and it, In the conversations that I've been having the past week, especially around Palestine and Israel conflict, I've been leaving it with this. It's most likely, in all likelihood, you and I won't have very much effect on global conflicts and crises unless we're in a place of, you know, writing international policy or, you know, we're we're probably not going to have that big of an effect Mm. on the macro crises that are happening in the world mm-hmm. but I can change my world right. I can change the environment that I'm in I can go to my family members and I can repair my relationship I can go to my enemies and I can put out an olive branch as as long as it depends on me and I can repair that yes I can make my world a better place and model that to other people
1: and that is so powerful. That is
0: powerful. That is so powerful. And that is countercultural. And that is how we win this culture war, man. Right? We're we're in a culture war. This is what we've been talking about this entire episode. Cancel culture. It is a culture war. It is a cult. It's a cult. Cancel cult. That's what it is. <laughs> and the way that we win it is not by canceling cancel culture.
1: Mm.
0: Even though it's kind of what we're doing. But it's reframing it. we're doing
1: it, it by counteracting. It with what we're talking about. Yes, by changing the world around us, by being responsible for ourselves. Yes, and choosing the way that we handle someone who thinks differently than us.
0: Yes, and that and that means we have to continue to stand on reason and truth. We, mm-hmm. it's what we talk about. We we pursue truth. Well, I, Rachel and I are not saying that we have the corner market on truth, but we are saying that we are people who seek truth out. We seek it out through reason, through rationality. We seek it out through, through divine revelations, as we've talked about in with uh, Thomas Aquinas's Four Laws. We seek out mm-hmm. those boundary lines that have fallen for us in pleasant places. And then we, we work to communicate that to other people in love. Right?
1: Yeah. And it's, again, goes but back.
0: We, we can't ditch truth, though no sorry it goes back
1: no it's just that us placing those boundaries make us more loving it actually makes us more like i feel like it helps our perspective mm. in creating boundaries in our own lives like learning to do that in certain relationships a lot of times you think like oh well will this just makes me mean because i'm cutting them off for a a period of time, but it's actually allows you, if you're willing to be committed to the process of growth and be, go back to be responsible for me, how am I going to change the world around me? Then your, your, your world is going to be a happier place.
0: Mm. It's so, it's so true. I mean, and you know that from experience with
1: what, you know, just in our walk with learning that in our own relationship, in our own world as a, you know, as individuals and as a couple.
0: It's so true. It's having those those boundaries that and, which in some ways it is truth. It is saying, "Actually, you know, the way you're treating me right now, like that's not acceptable." Yeah. You know, if if you are dealing with someone who is legitimately a racist, there's no problem with saying, "Hey, actually, I don't like when you talk about that around me. If you're going to talk like that around me, then, you know, yeah. uh, we're not going to be able to really hang out a lot." But this is the door of where we can hang out. Mm-hmm. But not if you're gonna have bring in this destructive, toxic, wicked, ugly behavior in it. I, because I, I don't want to be like that. But that's a boundary versus just cutting the person off. You're leaving the door open to say, "Here are the rules of engagement that I've set," and that is the loving bit. That is the the place where we're still willing to go the extra mile for people who don't have our best in mind. Mm-hmm. And that, as we said, like that, that's the countercultural bit. That is how we win this culture war. That's all for this episode. Babe, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Do you have any last closing thought for the listener?
1: Just that your voice matters. And if we don't have our voice, what do we have? Mm. So learn to find your voice and to use it. And it might look a little bit, you know, messy in the beginning but we have to find it and we have to use it and not be afraid to speak up on things that matter to us
0: absolutely so go out this week and own your future